We've got Dodgers news. The Dodgers signed a left-handed starter to join the rotation. Maybe not the one you thought of, but James Paxton looks like he's heading to the Dodgers. What does he bring? What can he do in 2024? And what does that mean for guys like Emmett Sheehan and the possibility of Clayton Kershaw coming back? We'll get into all that and a little bit about Anthony Rendon's comments about the length of the MLB season. Let's get into it. Let's get locked on Dodgers. You are Locked On Dodgers, your daily Los Angeles Dodgers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yo, 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 Dodger fans, welcome to Locked On Dodgers. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, the number one local sports daily podcast network. Locked On, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get 150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get started. This is the daily podcast covering the Los Angeles Dodgers, bringing you the smart fans perspective on our boys in blue. You can find us wherever you find podcasts and on YouTube simply by searching for Locked On Dodgers. And if you would like, you can become an everydayer. That's somebody that listens or watches every day, and it's very easy to do. And it's very easy to make it easy on yourself by subscribing wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. If this is your first time listening to watching, welcome. My name is Vince Samperio, joined by my co-host Jeff Snyder. And Jeff and I are both lifelong Dodger fans that have covered the team in a variety of ways. One of those ways being this here podcast where we get to talk Dodgers with you every Monday through Friday for about 30 minutes. Jeff and I have done a lot of different things in terms of covering the team, uh, interviewing players, all that good stuff. But, uh, you know, as we let you know, we're not quite insiders. We're just here to bring you the smart fans perspective on our boys in blue. And we have some analysis and, and thoughts to bring today because it appears the Dodgers are adding a left-hander to the rotation. Uh, not official by the team, but a lot of reports from different reporters, LA reporters. It started with Chad Day, who I believe is a friend of James Paxton. He's from Canada. James Paxton's from Canada. Uh, John Heyman, a, a lot of other Joel Sherman, a lot of people touched on it, or not Joel Sherman, but either way, a lot of people touched on it, and it looks like James Paxton's coming to the Dodgers on a one-year deal, somewhere in the 11 to $12 million range, with possibly incentives making it more. And yeah, Jeff, Paxton's not a guy, I think either of us have really talked about this offseason as a guy for the Dodgers, mostly because we thought they needed more of an innings eater type, and James Paxton has uh, not eaten a lot of innings in the last few years, but Initial thoughts on the deal. Yeah, Chad Day is from the same hometown in, in Canada as Paxton. Uh, describes himself as a wrestling nerd. So, uh, you know, but sometimes he's a baseball newsbreaker. And, you know, Paxton makes a lot of sense to me for the Dodgers. Uh, if they want to add a left-handed starter, uh, and, you know, we'll talk probably in the second segment about what this means for the rotation and and bumping guys around and stuff, but, you know, when, when they signed Noah Syndergaard last year, it was in the hope that they could help him regain, rediscover lost velocity. Paxton's already kind of done that. He's found the velocity. He just, so he, he has the stuff and the Dodgers are good at taking guys with stuff and helping them optimize their usage, maybe, you know, tweak a pitch here and there and, and turn them into or help them turn back into good pitchers. And Paxton is a guy who, has had a lot of success at times in his career and uh, and overall has been, I mean, he's been a pretty darn good pitcher throughout his career. 
And, uh, you know, for a couple of years there, 2017 and 2019 or so, he was legit. I, I was actually surprised to look and see that he never made an all-star team because he was a guy who was like well thought of throughout the league and uh, maybe just didn't, didn't line it up for the first half of a season or something. So he never made an all-star team. But the fact is like, he, he's got good stuff and definitely seems like the kind of guy the Dodgers could uh, help uh, hone things in and, and turn back into a, at least a, a probably not going to be a superstar, but a good starting pitcher. Yeah. I mean, in this rotation, he would sit number five based on maybe even number six or seven based on overall, you know, everything, but he's probably going to sit somewhere, you know, three, four, five, depending if they want to break up the righties or, you know, whatever the case, uh, because he does throw left-handed, but, Again, like I said, hasn't thrown a lot of innings since 2020. He's thrown 20.1 innings, 1.1 innings, zero innings, zero innings, and then last year, 96 innings. And last year was, was pretty decent for the for the Red Sox. You know, uh, I'm sure for the Red Sox they expected more out of him, but you know, four or five OERA, 96 innings, 101 strikeouts. Uh, you know, pretty, pretty decent 19 starts, pretty decent overall. He's been really good in the past. And I think for him, obviously health has been the biggest issue he's had. Uh, I think Tommy John and then issues or another surgery and, you know, just hasn't had that injury luck him throwing those 96 innings last year. He did have a little bit of a knee thing toward the end of the year, but, you know, hopefully is a, a step in the right direction for his arm that his arm is healthy and, you know, kind of what we're expecting with glass now of being able to, be another year further removed from that surgery, being healthy. Like I said, the stuff was there. He was still throwing, you know, mid to upper 90s when he needed to. He did have a little bit of issue or not issues, but he's been mostly a, a fastball guy his entire career. Uh, he was around uh, maybe a little bit lower than the normal uh, last year in terms of how often he threw the fastball. His cutter usage was down from 2021, but kind of in line with the rest of his career. So I'm interested to see what the Dodgers – you know, we'll do to get him back on track and, and kind of find those stuff. I know, I think I saw Chad Moriyama talking about his stuff plus was down last year, uh, which means, like I said, he had the velocity, just didn't have the stuff. It might be, you know, from not pitching for two years and then finally pitching. Uh, and then, you know, like I said, the Dodgers being able to maybe help him find that cutter, or help him find his release points and whatever they feel like they can do with him. And at the end of the day, it's a one-year deal. We've talked about this a lot. There's no bad one-year deals. And, the other part is the Dodgers don't need him to be successful. He's just another arm to have because of, you know, in case of injury. Yeah. And uh, last year, through his first 10 starts, 56 innings, he had a 273 ERA. And there's a little bit of good luck. His FIP was 363, but still a 363 FIP is, is really solid. And it was just the last 40 innings, his last, you know, uh, nine games, he had an ERA of 698 in 40 innings. And so it's kind of a tale of two seasons. And like you said, there was some injury issues there. Uh, he didn't pitch after September 1st. And so who knows how long that was nagging. Uh, the quantity and the quality went down uh, in that second half of the season. And and when we think about uh, – I saw another interesting tweet from Eno Saris uh, who said that Paxton got his fastball velocity mostly back last year but not his uh, his breaking ball velocity. Uh, it's a slider. And his slider, at his peak, he was throwing a slider about 90 miles an hour. 
And last year it was about 85 and a half miles an hour. And, and so uh, Eno says that maybe getting that velocity back on a slider is a key to a success and, and it could be. And, you know, things like that, whether it is getting velocity back or adjusting to not having the velocity and using the pitch differently. Uh, you know, I, I like the Dodgers chances of helping him do that. And, uh, and like you said, it's not a guy they're counting on. And so, uh, you know, I, I, I would guess whatever, however many starters they're using, he will be probably number that number starter for them. Uh, Cause even if you put him in the middle of the rotation to break up the lefties or break up the righties, that only affects the first time through the rotation because then the rest of the season you're doing a bunch of righties and occasionally a lefty and doesn't matter where he is. So uh, yeah. And, and, but there is definitely some upside there and, and not a lot of downside because the real downside is, well, he's probably going to get hurt. Okay. Well then he's not pitching and there's no downside. It's the same as if we didn't have him on the team. And so, you know, that that's, I, I like that kind of move for the Dodgers. It's kind of the same thing when the, you know, you've done this over the years, signing a guy who's probably either going to be good or hurt. And, you know, Rich Hill was a great example of that. When they re-signed him after trading for him, they, 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 they were pretty open with the idea, you know what, we don't expect a full season of Rich Hill, but we expect him to be good when he is pitching. Um, and AJ, AJ Pollock was kind of the same thing on the offensive side of things. We're not going to pay him for a full season. We're going to pay him less because he's not going to be healthy the whole season, but we expect him to be good when he's on the field. And I think that's kind of what they're expecting from Paxton. Yeah, one of those reasons that – or one of those other pitchers that could fit that mold is Clayton Kershaw. What is the Paxton signing? Does it impact him at all returning? Uh, Emmett Sheehan, does it impact him at all? And, and kind of the rest of the rotation. We'll talk about that. So make sure to keep it locked on Dodgers. Today's episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and leave, level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into MVP and bring home that win. So keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. eBay guarantee fit only available to U.S. customers. I want to thank you for making Lockdown Dodgers your first listen of the day. Make sure to check us out whenever, wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. All you got to do is search for Locked on Dodgers. And we remember we're part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Lockdown Podcast Network has two 24 seven, seven streaming channels on YouTube that could be beneficial to you. Uh, Lockdown Sports Today and Lockdown Sports Los Angeles are covering the news and stories from around the sports world and around the L.A. sports world so it's all day, all night on YouTube streaming. So go check out and subscribe. And Jeff, uh, let's keep talking about this Paxton deal. Uh, you know, we talked about what it could bring to the Dodgers on the mound, but you know, what does it mean for the rest? I've already seen a few people on social media talking about. I think this means you know the the end for Kershaw, or that they're not going to bring Kershaw back. And realistically, you know, to me, this doesn't 
preclude them or, or stop them from signing Clayton Kershaw back. Clayton Kershaw won't be ready until the, at least the second half of the season, if that, or, you know, later third part of the season. And who knows if James Paxton or anybody in the rotation will last that long. And, you know, they're always going to need somebody at the deadline or after the deadline. They, they, they've never not needed an arm at the deadline. So I don't think this stops them from Clayton Kershaw. And, you know, realistically, I, I think uh, uh, Kershaw's on his own timeline. He's going to decide what he wants to do or has already decided what he wants to do. And it's just going to come in due time. Yeah. Uh, I, I can't even imagine any way that this would have any bearing on whether the Dodgers want Kershaw back. Uh, you know, I guess maybe, and, and you know, whether it has a bearing on whether Kershaw wants to come back to the Dodgers, I have a hard time seeing that too. I saw somebody saying on social media, well, but Kershaw is only going to want to come back to the Dodgers if he's like the man. Well, Kershaw wasn't the man last year for the Dodgers. Like Kershaw has accepted that he's not wherever he plays. If he plays, this year, he's not going to be the number one starter or the number two starter or the number three starter for any team. And, you know, and, and he seemed to accept that just fine last year. He's still a, a Hall of Fame presence in the dugout and in the locker room and, and all those things, all those reasons that the Dodgers wanted him back last year, those haven't changed. And, you know, signing one oft injured left-handed pitcher is not going to have any impact on whether or not they sign another oft-injured left-handed pitcher. And uh, like you said, uh, it, there's no guarantee that the two would ever even be healthy at the same time. It's like when when the Dodgers had uh, Yasiel Puig, Matt Kemp, Andre Ethier, and Carl Crawford at the same time. And it was like, how are they going to find playing time for all four of these outfielders? And like, oh, it, they overlapped all, all four being healthy by like seven games the whole season. It just wasn't an issue. And with the Dodgers rotation between Kershaw and, and Paxton and Tyler Glass now, and you know, the, the innings limits likely for Bueller and Miller and Yamamoto, uh, you know, maybe not an innings limit on Yamamoto, but a different usage pattern. Probably there's going to be plenty of, of starts to go around for whoever. And if Kershaw wants to be a Dodger, he will be a Dodger. The Dodgers still want Clayton Kershaw back. Yeah. One pitcher this might impact directly is Emmett Sheehan, who was kind of slotted in as the Dodgers' fifth starter. And not just him specifically, but just kind of the rest of the bullpen and, and everything else. Like, we figured they would have maybe the sixth rotation slash swing guy. You know, now Sheehan becomes that, but whoever was going to become that, you know, maybe gets pushed down. Uh, but for, for Sheehan directly, I mean – Again, he was going to probably have an innings limit. We don't exactly know what we're getting from him. So, you know, the combination of him and Paxton, if you know, they combine to make 25, 30 starts. You know, that's a number five starter right there. That's and no and everyone else is going to make they're going to have starts made by a lot of people. But I think, you know, for specifically for Sheehan, I think this does push him into more of a hybrid role for now. And, you know, when they have those not a lot of off days he gets the spot started and when they have the extra off days he maybe comes out of the bullpen yeah and, and maybe who this affects even more is ryan yarbrough who i kept seeing mentioned is well he'll probably get starts because he's left-handed and he's a starter and he's on the roster and uh i've never really felt like yarbrough has a spot in this rotation it doesn't make sense because he's not very good uh, you know, he seemed more to me like a 
long reliever if he's on the roster. Uh, and, and realistically, you know, maybe he's involved in a trade because I, I don't know. I, I have nothing against Ryan Yarbrough as a person. I just don't see how a pitcher of his caliber fits in on a team that's trying to win the World Series. Um, and I think that this eliminates any chance of Yarbrough uh, being penciled into the Dodgers starting rotation uh, until enough injuries pile up that they get down to Yarbrough's spot, you know, down 34th on the list or whatever it is. Yeah, you know, we've talked about the Dodgers bullpen and the lack of left-handed arms. You know, there's Vessi and there's Ferguson, and there's not really anything else right now. Yarbrough doesn't particularly fit a late-inning relief role. He doesn't miss a lot of bats. He you know, doesn't have the velocity. Not that he couldn't work in that role. He just doesn't necessarily have what normally is in that role, but you know, it could push him into competition for that role if maybe he figures something out or if he knows he's going out in a one-inning stand or whatever the case. But, yeah, I don't think it, – it affects the guys on the margins. It doesn't affect anybody of note, really. And realistically, the Dodgers could still make another relief pitcher signing or trade and, you know, just shake it all up again right now. With Specifically with Paxton, they have one forty-man spot open so you know no no need to trade anybody but you know like we talked about before there is just a lot of clutter on the Dodgers side in terms of guys that are on the 40 man that maybe do deserve to be in the majors or you know whatever the case is they're not going to be you know just moving arms for the sake of moving arms but as we've seen with some of the deals they've made this offseason you know maybe pushing to you know pushing some prospects down the line kicking the can down a little bit further uh, moving some guys off the 40 man, maybe like a Yarbrough or whatever the case, or like I said, just requiring another top tier arm for the bullpen. And then they can figure out the rest, you know, or that might take some of those 40 man guys for, to get that. Yeah. Yeah. And so it'll be interesting to see, but you know, the Paxton really is a guy who is adding at the margins. Uh, he is whoever was going to be the sixth starter for the Dodgers. Uh, Paxton is taking innings from that person, whether wherever he slots in the rotation, you know, that's the effect. He bumps somebody out of that, those six spots. And, you know, I do think with six spots available, or at least at some point, you know, they, they may, there's been talk that they may delay Walker Bueller's start to the season. So, uh, you know, with off days and everything, we'll, we'll see what they do. But like you said, plenty of guys are going to get starts, including Emmett Sheehan and Gavin Stone and, you know, uh, I, I'm I'm still interested to see. Like I talked uh, yesterday about if the Dodgers do use some of those young minor league star starters uh, in the bullpen, uh, rotate them through the major league bullpen to get their feet wet. Um, you know, but they're going to find time on the mound for all these guys, and, and that's kind of why I don't think Yarbrough fits because he's not part of their future. He's part of their current because they traded for him last year, uh, but you know, he's only part of their current until they don't have them on the roster anymore. And that could happen at any moment. Yeah. So again, this signing effects on the margins, but there's still a lot. There's still not in a month. There's two weeks of the Dodgers report about less than a month till they actually play a game. So there's still stuff that could happen between then. So, yeah. All right. Uh, Anthony Rendon, the, the man who was not 
fond of the Hollywood lifestyle. Also not fond of 162 games in the MLB regular season. Talk about his comments and what we think. So make sure to keep it locked on Dodgers. Make sure to become an everydayer by listening to Locked On Dodgers every day. We're here for you every Monday through Friday for about 30 minutes. We're perfect for your morning commute to work or your morning gym session or any time throughout the day. But, you know, if you want to make us your first listen, that's that's cool, too. And you can go beyond the podcast and become a Locked On Dodgers insider. All you got to do is go to joinsubtext.com slash Locked On Dodgers. And you can join a text thread with us and other Locked On Dodgers insiders and get Direct access to us and any thoughts or, you know, the Paxton deal. If you saw the tweet and want to know what we thought instantly, you could have done that if you were a Locked On Dodgers insider. So make sure to go check that out. And uh, Jeff, Anthony Rendon. I don't know who Jack Vita is, but he got an Anthony Rendon exclusive and uh, a guy who hasn't really talked to media a lot, considering he was injured last in the last part of the season or most of the last part of the season last year and would consistently tell the media that he didn't have to speak to them uh, because he was on the injured list. But either way, uh, you know, in context, he did say, I'll say this half-heartedly or, or, or something that like basically, you know, not fully into it. I think that was more to protect himself than anything else. He said the season is too long. They've got to cut it down, um, you know, 162 games in 183, 85 days. It's just too many games. And, you know, he's gotten probably deserved flack for it on social media, considering he hasn't played more than like 60 games for the Angels so far and hasn't played more than 60 games in the last four years uh, because of the 2020 season. So, yeah, Jeff, um, you know, I, I see you smiling. So you might have some thoughts on Anthony Rendon, but then we can get into his actual comments of is the season too long? Yeah, he's played 148 games the last three seasons. And so, um, honestly, I think this is mostly a case of uh, probably the wrong messenger. Like, uh, maybe maybe let somebody, let Freddie Freeman say this, you know, or Ronald Acuna or, you know, one of these guys who actually plays every day. And that used to be, well, uh, Rendo's never played every game in a season, but he – he played a lot when he was with the nationals uh, and you know, and it's not necessarily his fault that he hasn't played a lot. Injuries happen to people. Um, but yeah, when you are a guy who has been injured so much that you've hardly played in the four seasons that you've been getting paid a lot of money by your current team, maybe complaining that the season's too long. Maybe you're not the right guy for that message. And uh, you know, although Jonathan Papelbon came out and uh, he's a former teammate of Rendon in Washington. And he said, yeah, that guy hates baseball. Um, and, and I mean, leave it to Papelbon to make me think, Oh, maybe Rendon's got a point. Like if Papelbon is against him, you know, there must be some merit to it, you know, cause Papelbon is one of the biggest pieces of garbage that's ever played baseball. Uh, and so, you know, but, but yeah, I mean, we could talk about the merits. Like you said, the fact is, with the additional postseason games, yeah, the season is getting longer. And even just for calendar purposes, uh, I mean, I remember in 2001, uh, Derek Jeter got the nickname Mr. November because that was the first World Series that stretched into November. And that was only because Major League Baseball took a week off after 9-11. And so that's why the postseason went into November. 
Well, now the postseason is scheduled to go into November every year because it just keeps getting longer. They keep adding teams. And right now, um, like last year, uh, the, the Rangers became just the second team ever to have to win 13 postseason games. That's four postseason series. Uh, and, and like, it's not quite to the level of the NBA where the, the playoffs start in January and, and three Junes later, uh, you know, NBA has crazy long playoffs. Baseball is not quite like that, but the playoffs are long. And if they're going to have the playoffs that long, yeah, it might make sense to drop the season back down to 154 games, which is what it was until they expanded in 1960. It was always 154 games. And that's why there was a, you know, an asterisk for a while next to Roger Maris's home run record in 1961 because uh, they played a 162-game season and he hit one more home run than Babe Ruth hit in 1927 when they only played 154 games. So, I mean, baseball's changed. And, yeah, I mean, it might make sense to go back down to 154 games, maybe even a little lower. I don't think I'd be in favor of going much lower than that. Um, but but really, the, the thing that's always coming up when people talk about this is okay, well, how much of your contract are you willing to give back? Because if you cut off eight games, that's 5% of the season, which means 5% less money on tickets and concessions and merchandise and everything that, that teams get during these games. And so are the players willing to give up 5% of their contracts? Probably not. And, you know, and I'm not even necessarily saying they should, but that's going to be the ask. If they want fewer games, the owners are going to say, okay, well, we're going to pay you less money then. And I think that's why it's maybe unlikely to happen. Yeah, I definitely don't think it's going to happen unless they added like another postseason round, which is where the big money comes in for MLB. You know, going from 162 to 154 will hurt some teams more than others in terms of, you know, at the gate and food and drink and all that stuff. But I mean, baseball is a grind. And, and for us, it's always been, yeah, you know, 162 and 183, you know, whatever the case is, you know, one or two off days a month, you know, all that kind of stuff. I do think that we as like pure baseball fans are like, well, that's, that's just what it is. Like that's the grind of the season, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it, it does, you know, kind of seem, if you cut it down, I don't, I don't know. Like, I, I feel like I'm used to 162. I'm not playing it. Obviously, we're covering it, and it does get, you know, toward the end of the season, especially on years the Dodgers, you know, recently have been clinched by about halfway through September. Uh, you know, I think the getting rid of the 40-man roster, fully being 40-man, definitely helped that end of the season. The extra wild card does help in terms of at least keeping – one race alive in terms of, of a playoff spot. So I think they've done things to kind of keep the interest through the 162. I wouldn't be opposed to seeing it get cut down, but you know, like I said, I don't think it's going to happen. And, you know, for a guy like Rendon specifically, or guys like that, you know, a lot of the stuff, not a lot, but some of the stuff on social media or, or some of the people coming out kind of not defending Rendon, but similar to what you said, like maybe the wrong messenger type deal is, you know, that that a lot of players might feel this way. And, yeah, because it is a it, playing 162 baseball games in 183 days is not uh, something normal. But, again, you know, specifically for Rendon, like, okay, but, you know, getting paid 
35 million dollars a year also not normal and i think in in the rest of that podcast he was talking about you know family and and being away from family and all that type stuff which i understand i completely understand but you knew that what your schedule was when you decided to have a family so it's you can't you know have it both ways yeah or looking at it the other way you knew what the schedule of a big league ball player was when you decided to pursue that career, you know, like there there's choices we make and there's consequences of our actions and it's probably a fair trade-off. Uh, I do want to make it clear. I'm not in favor of less baseball, you know, uh, like uh, if it was up to me, uh, since I'm not the one who has to play the games, the season would be 212 games long. And, uh, and, you know, we, we wouldn't have this long off season where I don't get to watch baseball. Um, but MLB baseball. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but also I, I don't necessarily think they'd have to expand the playoffs more. I, cause like if they had another round that you said that might be when they would shorten the season, but maybe if they just, I don't think any series in the postseason should be a best of three. Uh, and so if they expanded, made the wild card series, best of five and made the division series, best of seven, that adds four more days to the schedule. And so maybe that's something that would prompt them to cut down. And that would also offset some of the loss of, of the eight games. So if you're losing eight regular season games, but adding four postseason games, you know, money wise, that might be pretty similar. Uh, and so, you know, in fact, I, I think I could even say I'd be in favor of that. If that's what it took to get them to stop having these dumb short series in the postseason, I think I'd be in favor of shortening the season if that's what it took to get that done. Because I don't, you know, I, I wish every series in the postseason was best of nine or best of eleven, just to give the best team the best chance of winning. And uh, because, as we've seen as Dodger fans, if you have a team that's built to be the best over the long run, uh, then somebody else gets hot for three games. Uh, your whole season is undone in October. Yeah, so long story short, probably not going to happen anytime soon. Definitely not before the next CBA at the very least. But And Anthony Rendon should get some self-awareness. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, interesting to, to see how his season will go this year. But, you know, on the Dodger side of things, and I was talking about this real quick with someone the other day, is like every guy the Dodgers haven't signed – you know, Seager, Rendon, Harper, they've all had, you know, gone to different successes, some with success, some not. But like to got, you know, obviously it, it's been hurtful to get to this point where we're at right now, but like this upcoming season is the season where like, okay, everything happened for a reason. And now we get to see if, you know, if it's going to be fruitful for us as Dodger fans. Yeah. So, all right, that's going to do it for today's episode. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen of the day. Make sure to check us out in your morning commute before you go to work, before you go to school, when you're at the gym, if you're making breakfast, whatever the case, you can check us out. Uh, you can find the Furby Fan Podcast and on YouTube. Just got to search for Locked On Dodgers. You can find us on social media. Jeff is on Twitter at Snydog. I'm at Vincent's91. We can also find our locked on dodgers uh twitter and instagram same handle our instagram's up and running again so make sure to go check it out give us a follow uh and then phillips follows so you should follow uh remember that uh, locked on podcast network has 
Locked On Sports Today and Locked On Sports Los Angeles, two 24-7 streaming channels on YouTube that are giving you news and stories throughout the day. So go subscribe and check those out. You can also go beyond the podcast and become a Locked On Dodgers insider at jointsubtext.com slash Locked On Dodgers, where you can text directly with us and get any exclusive info and thoughts from us. Uh, other ways to get a hold of us, if you can't DM us or don't want to DM us, our email, LockedOnDodgers at gmail.com. Or via voicemail text at 323-863-5625. We're here every weekday morning, and we hope you'll be here with us. When you get in your car, if you're at home, turn smart advice pay podcast, Locked on Dodgers. And remember, you don't have to agree. You just have to listen. Have a good one. We'll talk to you tomorrow.